We expect a lot from our homes. They're more than a place to hang your hat. They're where you try your hand at gardening and new recipes, rest and recharge, work and play. And that's why at HomeAdvisor, we're committed to keeping your home up and running. Whether you need to repair an overloaded appliance or you're looking to create a backyard retreat worthy of a summer staycation, use the HomeAdvisor app day or night and we'll find a local pro to get the job done right. Whatever you need, we'll do everything to fix your everything. Download the Home Advisor app today to get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to get another episode of When I Was 30. Something in my bucket list is to travel the entire world. and it would be really great if i were paid to do that but then i realized that pilots get to travel the world and even help us to go to the places we want to visit so for this episode i got in touch with rashi chechi a female pilot who works at tiger airways and is currently in cambodia so let's hop on into a time machine to meet rashi in new delhi when she was 13 Rashi and thank you for being on my show when I was 13. So hey, yeah. Or Rashi, yeah. how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what do you like to do when you have some free time to yourself. Well, as um, thanks for the introduction, I'm Rashi and I'm a commercial pilot. I'm a captain with an airline and I'm based out of Cambodia as well. Mm-hmm. and um well that's just a very small brief about uh, what exactly i do which is very straightforward but uh, mm-hmm. and as you know because of the pandemic that has uh, struck us yeah. all a lot of free time has now hit me um, <laughs> so and of course in the lockdown yeah so for now it's just homebound and trying to find things to do but you know i will i will pretend that i'm still uh, actively flying and working <laughs> So if I think about that, then um, I don't really have a lot of free time. Uh, given my schedule here, I work five or six days a week, and then one day, one or two days, depending on how the schedule is. I have an off day. So um, yeah, so when I'm working, I usually stick to the normal routine, like that is that I can, you know, possibly eat at home and something, whatever, you know. But if I have free time. Um, I like to I experiment with cooking. I like uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's like a therapeutic thing for me. I guess uh, <laughs> given how stressful work can be sometimes, um, wow. I find that fun cooking and it is quite therapeutic. So I've realized by although I live by myself, I cook like I'm cooking for like five people, and then I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? You know. So, um, so I cook and I da- I like to dance. So mm-hmm. I, I also do that. Freestyle or whatever, yeah, whatever song I like, and then of course I've just recently picked up a little bit of singing. So oh wow, yeah, that's the only wow. thing. Usually I would sing and record voice memos, but uh, uh-huh. I mean the lockdown has gotten us all a uh, little bit cuckoo in the head. So I guess uh, I've also gone up on Instagram and put up some live singing myself. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so that's that. Yeah, so that's what I do in my free time. That's nice. So let's hop on into a time machine and go back to the time when you were thirteen. Oh wow! Wow, that was another time. <laughs> okay. So do you remember what year it was when you were thirteen? Um, I should be able to do the math in my head. 
it was 2000 uh, 2001 when i was oh okay yeah so i think you're the first person to be no one i think i've only had two people who are in the 2000s part oh yeah Everybody most of them was- are- 80s or oh. 70s yeah oh nice oh so i feel young that the nice <laughs> nice feeling thank you very much <laughs> so uh, which town or city were you when you were 13 i was in new delhi when i was 13 i have been in the same school for a really long time i'm really scared if my parents you know get a different job somewhere else because i don't want to leave my friends in the school so were you in the same school throughout your childhood uh, actually Of course, uh, from kindergarten to bigger school was the first change, and uh, I remember my friends from the kindergarten as well. Actually, I don't know funnily why I remember them, but I remember probably because our parents speak of them, and uh, or you know your uh, family always talks about your childhood, you know, our uh. get-togethers and stuff. So I remember having friends actively. I don't remember their faces very well, but I do remember. Uh. being around them so then i moved from kindergarten to another high school which was in new delhi itself and up until grade 5 i was in that school and then i switched to another school in grade 5 or grade 6 basically yeah. so class 6 i moved to another school and then from class 6 until i uh, graduated class 12 i was there so personally i'm okay cuz i'm i'm quite open to making friends and i'm quite a approachable sort of a person and I, if people don't approach me I'll go approach them so, mm-hmm. so I actually back then it just worked in my favor so it was easy for me to settle in the new school yeah it's very different of course but I've also realized like it, I guess it that's how I was put into a world where uh, change was you know acceptable change was the only constant you you can't just be in your same life you know you can experiment and it's not wrong and experimenting if at all so I guess that that sort of helps So yeah, I just change if I if I were to think about it, I just change school once. <laughs> so when you were thirteen, did you think that you will be, you know, a pilot when you grow up? Ah, uh, no, absolutely not. I didn't know until I graduated class twelve that I'm going to be a pilot, and oh, okay. uh, it was a very last minute decision. Funnily, I should have thought that I can be a pilot earlier, but that uh-huh. thought never struck my mind. My mom actually was a pilot oh, back in wow. her high school days. Yeah. So, but she, of course, back then, they my grandparents didn't have enough funds to fund her education for flying, and it was maybe one or two lakh rupees at that time. This was in nineteen eighties, which was a lot of money. Um, and of course, you know, our society was um, earlier, in, in fact, still is now yeah. in regards to promoting women up in, you know, yeah. in, in yeah. certain places where it's like such a male-dominated. industry around sure. world so yeah they, it, she never got the opportunity but uh, my father was also in the airline so i've always grown up in the aviation field the thought never struck any of our heads that we could do this <laughs> funnily i don't know why uh, but i yeah, did what were you planning to be when you were 13 when i actually um my it kept changing for a little while like every every other year as i'm sure it's <laughs> happening with every child and every teenager out there yeah so i wanted to become a i had just picked up learning french so class 6 mm. is when i started learning french mm-hmm. and uh, 2001 was uh, when i was 13 was passing out of 
class 8 to class 9 mm. so and i had taken french in class 9 as a major subject as my second yeah. language so yeah. i uh, wanted to do french journalism i was like man everyone wants to be a journalist these days i want to do something like mm-hmm. feel so i want to be able to you know uh, report or write articles or i don't know that was my idea of journalism and i wanted to do be a french journalist to be able to do all of that but in french mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what i think i wanted to become back then yeah. that's interesting like, yeah <laughs> so as you mentioned earlier that being a woman it's kind of difficult in this uh, world so does being a woman how did it impact you to become a pilot actually i don't know if it's if it was a good thing or a bad thing i've never as a child i was never one of those kids who were shy or who were who are actually um, i mean they need a push like i i would i was one of those dead devils i rode bikes when i was uh, 14 i'm hoping the police people are not listening to this but yeah i i i rode bikes when i was 14 and I against my parents' wishes I drove a car when I was I learned how to drive a car at 17 and on my own went and got the license because I thought wow. like oh don't so I I'm one of those who took all the dares and took all the risks so mm-hmm. it wasn't hard for me to personally um, on my own front wasn't hard for me to when I thought about okay I can become a pilot it wasn't hard for me to think that I can do it I can't it was just a matter of whether I'll be given the right support or right direction and uh, given I was the first one in the entire family or friends to mm. take this line up it was okay. uh, sort of difficult I did have uh, help I'm not going to deny that at all I was very privileged to have help from any possible wherever i could find help mm. with uh, to my father or to any contacts we had mm. but it was slightly different because they were not pilots yeah they were in the aviation field but they were not pilots so that was a parallel struggle where mm. i had to do fend for myself because um, as a pilot you do things separately as compared to say if you were to work in a airline as a ground staff or an engineer you don't need mm. licenses you don't need proficiencies you don't need medicals in certain uh, fields that require you uh, when you work in a airline so um, yeah. i was very fortunate to not have many hurdles uh, to cross to get where i am today i mean don't get me wrong i i did work very hard for it i yeah, but, say that yeah yeah i mean um, it's good that you didn't come across such difficulties I'm yeah i mean they were all manageable i think i yeah. think there were times where things were difficult personally today i don't have an indian license i i have an american license and i apply on the american license mm-hmm. and i don't have the indian license because of certain bureaucracy issues which i'm not going to detail out at this yeah. point you know in india back then and i was like i i just do not and i i'm one of those who has my principles straight mm-hmm. up and i was like i'm not going to do anything that's not by the law you know wants me to bend the law a little bit and you know stuff like yeah. that so i try my absolute best as soon as i stepped into the aviation field so i try my absolute best to not break any sort of mandatory laws that there are you know mm-hmm. things on the paper nothing under the table and stuff like that so uh, that sort of hindered a little bit back in india back okay. in the day so i was so hence all that troubles later i don't have an indian license today but i can get it today like i can go and give exams again and i can have it today if i want to and it will be much easier to get it today than it was probably for me back then and i'm not oh. saying everybody got the licenses in that way but personally mm-hmm. my experience was 
yeah i mean i had to work hard for it yeah uh, i mean everybody woman, has to <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and uh, firstly as a student i was a very below average student i was one of those who would play sports and you know i was more into all the extra curricular things than mm-hmm. studying i was never good in school like until i got my grades from class 12 i didn't know what i was doing clearly because i was like no college is going to accept these grades you know because it would be like in mid 50s or something 50 percentile or something i don't know so i was like it's impossible that they will accept it so let's see when the results come out so just yeah. around that time is when i decided that i guess I'd be a pilot but um after i decided i wanted to be a pilot i i, I don't know the competitive side of me just switched or kicked in and then i'm like i have to be on the top so i was always struggling mm-hmm. not struggling i was i was always fighting to be in the top of the class or like get mm-hmm. good grades and you know prove because always i was you know the black sheep in aes ke marks nahi aayenge she'll fail or stuff like that so i was all, i that turned around when i decided that i'm going to be pilot and i guess that also worked because my i was made i was given the choice to mm-hmm. ki kya karna hai you know you you decide what you want to do i guess if it, if i were forced into going into engineering college or becoming a doctor that wouldn't have been the case because that was a forced decision so i guess that sort of helped because i guess that is meant to be so i was like yeah i can work hard for it and i can be at places and as a woman like you asked um, mm-hmm. earlier you constantly in this field particularly and i'm sure every other field you have to constantly prove yourself that you're the best you deserve that position that you're given so there is a constant proving even after i've been flying for 13 years now there's a constant proving going on as to i need to be here i am capable of it you know you have to prove it to your colleagues your your bosses your anyone and everyone around can question you just because you're a woman and uh, i guess i've realized over time that there i can't fight it but the only thing i can do is just do my job well and just carry on forward and that's it they'll see it on their own you know when someone's doing the job well you can see it yeah. Yeah. so i guess i've made my peace with that they now can i mean some people can see the work that i am of and i'm glad about that so and i mean all your hard work has paid off of course yeah yeah it, it does eventually i guess everywhere yeah. you know you work yeah. hard you get the results some are yeah. delayed some are not but yes it will come back to you So how was your first flight experience? Wow, it was very nice. This was right after class 12. This is in 2005. I just passed the class 12 and we decided my parents and I had actually sat and decided I'm going to do this. So we went for a joy ride also to say or a ferry flight and uh, it was in Maharashtra somewhere I can't remember Karwar that was the place. So I went there. Yeah. and we did a joy joy ride or like a 10 15 minutes of flight on a small single engine aircraft uh, there was an instructor my father was there and i was there so that was my very first experience of the small plane that i would be flying but of course i didn't fly over there when i learned how to fly was back in the us okay. and uh, i took a year to do uh, maths because i didn't have maths in class 12 Mm-hmm. and as per indian regulations you require physics and maths in class 12 so i had to wait for your my parents early clear that until all your pre required documents are clear we will not send you mm-hmm. to bank because it's a lot of money and and yeah. they knew my they knew my history of not doing very well <laughs> so they're like nahi pehle padho pehle exam clear karo then we'll fund you yeah, yeah. so so figure it so my very first flying the plane myself was mm-hmm. in december 2006 in the us 
in Texas, wow. and it was it was one of the most beautiful. I had an instructor. She was Hungarian. She is actually mm-hmm. better. She's in the US, mm-hmm. and she was my first instructor. I realize now why um, how she was with me back then, mm-hmm. because of course she was also in the aviation field in in a very male dominated mm-hmm. society, and uh-huh. yeah, so she also had to prove herself worth because constantly uh, there were like ten instructors who were men, and she was the only one there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So now, when I reflect back upon that, I realize I learned a lot from her. I'm glad that she was a good instructor. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. So, as a pilot, I'm pretty sure you've been to a lot of places. So, like, uh, do you get to see those cities? Um. Well, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Sometimes we have layovers, which are night stops. We just go there and stay in a hotel and then fly back. So sometimes we are able to. uh depending on which flight you have and what the airline you're flying hmm. have schedules and routes so yeah i actually like to fly this plane that i'm flying because i love to come back home and sleep in my bed so i prefer to not go on layovers extended layovers actually i've had in the last one i have done five nights out and i was so exhausted when i came back from the six hours like oh my god i missed my bed you know and this is why <laughs> I chose to fly not a very big aircraft because when you fly big aircraft, you go for the destinations, and you're bound to be in hotels quite a lot. Oh, okay. So um, I chose to stay on this aircraft, although I I could have gone and flown bigger airplanes and uh, been in a bigger airline. I was like, no, no, I think I want to come back home and stay at home and eat my ghatta khana. <laughs> so we had layovers in my previous company and my current company as well, mm-hmm. uh, but not so many. And wherever okay. we did, I went out and I. Things of course go there. That's really nice. I mean, everybody wants to, you know, travel the world, visit everything, and you Absolutely. get to do that as your job, which is yeah. It is absolutely. Thank you, and I am very uh, thankful and grateful for it. So uh, recently, I saw some pictures of your cockpit on your Twitter, which was really beautiful, like the moon and the sun at the same time, which is so beautiful. So you get to see such nice scenes, but because of the coronavirus pandemic, as you mentioned, you're not being able to fly right now. But I'm sure, like at a particular duration, you were flying when this was going on. So how did that affect your flying experience? Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, the flight deck pictures are always uh, beautiful. Like I, it's, it's, as I say, it's the best office view in the world, undeniably true. Well, unfortunately, the world of flying has come crashing down. <laughs> pun, intended, pun intended, but uh, it's affected a lot of industries, and one of them, of course, is aviation industry. Nine. Yeah. When we had heard about this pandemic, I was actively flying into China, so because the flights were cancelled, and a lot of measures were taken from their side, Chinese authorities' side, for us to not. Continuously fly into China, yeah. Uh, so that also meant less work and expecting a pay cut, and in so many other airlines also job losses. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, for now, I still have my job and I still have a salary, so I'm I'm really really thankful and grateful for that equally. But yeah, a lot of job losses and pay cuts will be expected even in the near future, including mine. So I, I'm just taking it one day at a time for now, trying not to think what's going to happen because it's mm-hmm. one of the industries that were hit. because of the pandemic is tourism industry sure. and so yeah i'm just hoping that we survive this somehow we're still flying we still do rescue flights or relief flights to get passengers out of other countries and mm. bring them back home 
Yeah, so the last flight, the photographs that you saw was one of the rescue flights. So we took an oh, empty okay. aircraft to another country and then we brought back some. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. So, yeah, I count my blessings every day, trying not to spiral down, thinking about what's <laughs> going to happen tomorrow, you know, yeah. that cycle. But I also know we come under like essential services. So, uh, I might have a chance to fly with this pandemic uh, mm-hmm. for humanitarian reasons like I did the other day and I'm looking forward to it every single time. Of course, it's a risk. Yeah. Of course, it's a health risk and, you know, my family is very freaked out every time I go to work. But I, it's something I love to do and um, it goes with my ideologies. I love mm-hmm. to help people and I know we're not probably going to, uh, there will be some pay cuts that will be expected. We'll probably have to work. hours that we're not paid for you know Mm. stuff like that so i would still go and do it i still would be happy to do it just because it's gonna help someone and yeah i mean yeah it's just become very different to what it used to be before things were taken for granted and now they're not like very simple thing like a handshake because it's a first gesture yeah i personally uh use when i meet my colleagues or my crew uh, a handshake with all of them and now they've t- we've all turned to namastes which is great i don't <laughs> mind that either but uh, yeah like, it's such an instinct uh, yeah. so that's a massive change a very small but such a big change uh, that yeah. has happened over the few True. months i guess weeks so yeah that's the change yeah. i mean now people are also washing their hands properly Yeah, a lot of people they're just like you know I'll just put some soap and water that's it but now they're actually putting some time to wash their hands for just 20 seconds but it it does a lot to kill the virus yeah absolutely i went i remember the first time i flew uh, after the virus had actually hit southeast asia as well because i'm in cambodia i remember the i did four flights on that day in the same day and uh, this was mid january i think or first week of february and i washed as i counted and i lost count after 10 in four flights and the four flights was probably 8 to 10 hours the entire day i washed hands probably every every hour it's not like i had i was touching anything new it was the same things i was touching yeah. inside the flight deck i had the same knobs which i had cleaned with alcohol wipes and all of that <laughs> you know so i was like and masks and gloves yeah. and that and of course the paranoia never ends i mean no one wants to get it no one wants to get it exactly yeah. so, so we did we are still doing everything we possibly mm-hmm. can even now when i come back it takes like a half good half an hour for me to you know sanitize myself i go for a shower yeah. throw all the clothes and washing the bags and everything that i have are left in the balcony i just leave them there for like 48 hours don't touch them Huh. clean them sanitize them and all of yeah. that so yeah it's a massive change from what i used to do like three months ago i would just come back and sit on the couch and you know peacefully take a breath before i would move but now uh, everything from outside has to yeah. be sanitized and cleaned yeah. and so 30 minutes later i'm like okay mom now i can sleep too <laughs> <laughs> so as you mentioned earlier you were you're a 2000s kid and uh, i'm guessing that it's very different from now i'm not sure i mean cuz then music became uh, like a big thing in india like you had more than one channel on tv so how is it in those terms to be 13 then i must say i was uh, raised in a very strict environment from my parents mtv was uh, in the evening was allowed we had a uh-huh. music channel music tv of course mtv 
yeah. and then there was channel v and channel v was completely off limits because that was slightly more adult based content which my parents were like no this you can't watch like okay so i think 6 7 pm onwards we were not allowed to watch any music channels given how they were showing or exposing uh, the western side of music culture and indian yeah. ideology so uh, in the day i guess we were allowed to watch mtv and channel and my i have i have a younger sister she's 6 mm-hmm. years younger to me so i purposely also couldn't watch uh, some of the channels because they were not uh, you know pg13 or pg10 friendly or whatever you know yeah. child friendly because she was 6 uh, 7 years old when i was so end up watching tiny tv and uh, nickelodeon and all of that was mainly what we watched because she would she was allowed to watch that and yeah. i had to, of course uh, given and watch those things as well so yeah and we also had another channel called b4u music i think that was also nice you would request songs you make a phone call to the number they give you and you call that number and then you select uh, yeah. you know you dial 12 whatever number and then we would play songs over and over again until of course our parents found out why the phone bill is so ridiculous they're like why are you calling <laughs> music channels every day so yeah it it was a good era of learning about music and i it was different to what it is now because now we have youtube yeah. and i and back then the music we had was channel v and radio stations so. <laughs> I mean, a lot has changed now. Of course, every day is changing. Like suddenly now we have TikToks and I don't know house party <laughs> and you know it didn't yeah. exist two weeks ago and now we do have yeah, all of these true. very actively there. So it's good actually. True. I mean, that's yeah. how you get. And I understand now. I mean, I, it would have been so difficult if this pandemic hit me, like say ten years ago. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, the mediums are missing now. I don't yeah. feel so alone. I'm sitting alone in this house by myself, and I've not stepped out in the last yeah. one week. Oh, I mean, when I went to fly, was the time I stepped out. But other than that, I haven't. At least I'm not losing my head because I have so many things that I can do: read, yeah. I have music, the phone calls, the so yeah. much connection I have, and I'm so privileged and blessed that I have all of these mm. uh, on my hand that I can use them. So I don't lose my head in the process of this lockdown. Yeah. So, I mean, if this happened like when radio calling was not a thing, I would be so sad because I couldn't. I won't be able to contact my friends. Yeah. I'll be inside, like isolated, like actually yeah. isolated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This would be no less than a, you know, like a prison sentence. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we are almost there towards the end of our podcast. Okay. And something I ask every uh, guest is that: What advice do you have for me and all the others listening to this show? probably sure your parents whoever's parents are listening are going to be like can you not let us say these things that i'm going to say to you <laughs> you know you do what you feel like doing i feel yeah. that is very important and it is so underrated because parents and i understand because we were raised i was raised in that environment and i'm one of those who's now taken that active step of changing myself so i always now tell people when they ask me ke kya karna chahiye you know mere bachche ko batao and tell our child you know what it is what do you feel like doing what are your skills you know i'd rather have someone go and excel in a art or in a sport or in a you know i don't know some performance based skill than go and sit and uh, attend classes 9 to 5 just of some dream that their parents will do unfortunately we'll have to put our egos aside 
hear and say you know the, what does a child want to do that's how at the end of the day the parents want you to be successful and the only way okay sometimes you need the push of course kids don't know right or wrong but i guess yeah. by the time you are 13 you are aware like when i was in class 9 i was aware what is right what is wrong what yeah. what is not acceptable what is acceptable you know yeah. so you are old enough by the time you are 13 14 to know the goods and bads your parents have instilled principles in you and i encourage parents to you know let the children make decisions yeah you be there you stand with them you help them when they ask for the help or you know and children will look up to you more i feel uh, yeah. if you let them make this decision on their own and it also teaches them how to live a life because uh, unfortunately parents are not going to be there through, throughout our lives they'll be there until their lives are i mean 70 80 whatever i will not see my mother when i'm 70 and that's the harsh truth and i have to accept it so now she's very happy because i make my decisions i live on my own and you know i've, I've yeah. done that since i was 18 so and all those things only were possible because you know i turned rebellious at 18 i'm like i'm leaving by so but <laughs> that could have changed very easily for them uh had they been like okay do what you feel like doing you know yeah and, never hide your emotions make your choices your feelings talk about them um, some some are harsher than the others uh, yeah. some are more difficult but i guess being vulnerable is how we can all get through this uh, together and you know it's okay to accept you are not doing well or it's okay to accept that you are um, feeling scared or anything you know i i don't like this pretense let's be strong and uh it will be okay no i mean talk about it we can be yeah. strong but you can also say i'm scared you know that's yeah so bringing me back to the point where people i would tell a 13 year old like you know do what you feel like if today you don't feel like doing this don't do it uh, you don't feel like doing the homework don't do it we'll figure it out you know if i were to say that to my uh, if i were to be told that from my parent i'd be like oh my god wow what a blessing <laughs> and then probably the next day i would want to do that homework myself like yeah. oh, yesterday even yeah. now if i think about it or you probably if my parents are late honestly yeah you can i'm sure you can because yeah. if i were to be told ki acha aaj mat karo kal dekhenge apne aap next day you'll be like oh yesterday i didn't have the, i didn't feel like but today i feel like doing it and yeah. i felt that even like ghar ke kaam like very basic things like okay i don't feel like doing laundry today so okay don't do it tell myself okay i'll do it tomorrow and then get up to one like yeah yeah today i can do it i feel like doing it so yeah. i guess that very basic things like those can be instilled from through parenting to to the 13 year olds and to the 13 year olds i would say just do what you feel like man just go out there cry laugh say no <laughs> say yes you know i was never taught these things and the peer pressure to be up there on top was so immense always and i was always on the bottom like my niche is first aati i was one of those and i'm like I could never excel in what I was good at only because how I never spoke up for myself I never told I would I never opened up my feelings I never all the time I would hide my feelings from them I would I'm ashamed but I it's also the truth that I would lie to my parents as a kid and only because the, those barriers were up there and I mm-hmm. the way that we can take as 13 year olds we can take those barriers down is by confronting them which I learned from my sister my younger sister she the very first day she broke all the barriers she she would go and confront the biggest elephant in the room she'd be like ye kya hai ye kyun hai why is this this way why are you telling me? so she was that curious cat that i learned from now and i am one of those now so when i see an awkward something happening i'm like hmm, okay can we talk about that because let's talk about it let's get rid of what is 
the awkwardness and yeah. then we'll move on with you know yeah so uh, instead of hiding feelings talk about them how you feel is absolutely validated it's no wrong feeling whatever you do and uh, so find a way to communicate with your primary caregivers your guardian or your grandparents whoever whoever that you look up to to yeah. help you through it and find a way to bring them down to your level of working so probably my level of working would have been i would want to do sports and creative art and dance and all of that as a 13 year old which i couldn't do i probably could have uh, if i spoke up for it but i did so try and find a balance somewhere take help mm. from someone who can you know guide you yeah. and find facts and rights and of course you as a 13 year old know what is right and wrong your parents have to do that yeah uh, so uh, yeah this just speak your mind i guess and feel yeah. what you need to feel i would tell all 13 year olds and their parents this nice so thank you for taking your time out to be here thank you so much arushi for the uh, having me So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of When I Was 13. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did putting it together. For me, at 13, meeting people and getting to know their world when they were 13 opens up a world that I will possibly never get to know otherwise. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on your Android or iPhone. And yes, I am on Instagram, and you can follow me on when underscore i underscore was. 13 catch you soon with yet another interesting conversation on when i was 13 it just doesn't feel like summer without an ice cold coca-cola in your hand stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20 ounce bottle of coca-cola or coca-cola zero sugar or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20 ounce bottle of diet coke sprite or fanta So no matter how you soak in that summer sun at home or on the go, grab an ice cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy.